0: hey guys i'm Raul coley and i am off vader a weird terrier apparently my name is ayanna white i'm a writer for iZombie. zombie hi i'm molly Megan.
1: i play Liv's mom on iZombie. zombie and you're listening to the iZombie zombie podcast is that really how you're gonna sit can't you sit up sit up sit up You're listening to a Season 1 episode of the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. We're a fan podcast dedicated to the hit CW show iZombie. The Season 1 episodes begin and end abruptly, so we hope you'll forgive us. This week, we talk about Episode 10, Mr. Berserk, after a brief interview with special guest Alex Ponovic. Welcome to the show, the Candyman himself, Alex Ponovic.
2: Thanks, guys, for having me on, and I'm um, drunk too, so this is going to work out. For
0: you. <laughs> All right, yeah, I had a large glass of wine.
1: <laughs> I'm just drinking water. What are we drinking tonight, Alex?
2: I'm actually having coconut water and vodka, and I'm upstairs at a cocktail party. Oh, really? Because I uh, I double booked myself, so I just kind of <laughs> snuck away.
1: Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Um, yeah, just make sure there's no Max Rager in your uh, drink. <laughs>
2: There you
1: go, right? <laughs> uh, well, want to start right off with uh, a, l- a little bit of an interview, Alex, before we get into the episode. Um, just looking over your IMDb, uh, you've gotten to work on so much genre television. I'm looking at like Stargate, Eureka, Battlestar, um, Smallville, uh, The 100. Um, and you were just added to uh, the cast of Continuum, right?
2: That's right. Wow, man. We're shooting it right now.
1: You stay so busy.
2: Yeah, it's been great. It it I've been really fortunate um, you know, with wor- some great roles coming my way and uh and working with some amazing people, especially all in Vancouver, which is great. Yeah,
1: yeah. It seems that all of uh, genre television seems to uh, circulate right around Vancouver area. is not funny, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it does. But I'm uh I'm extremely fortunate. There's nothing better than – because I, I go between Los Angeles and Vancouver quite a bit. And um, there's nothing better than, than working in your hometown and, and having your friends around. So that's great. I'm really fortunate.
1: Um, are there any sort of uh, favorites in your uh, uh, past career that you, you wanted to talk about tonight? Like uh, I know you were in Battlestar for a few episodes.
2: Yeah, you know what? Battlestar I, – I actually got on. My best friend is Tom O'Paniket who played Hilo on Battlestar. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and we, um, so we went to, uh, I think it was one of the first few, in the, in the first season we went to Michael Reimer who directed the miniseries, uh, Cocktail Puck Party and, and I have a boxing background and they were doing a boxing episode ah, yes. and Tama was just, you know, mentioning that I boxed and, um. So I got to go on and, and do um, the boxing choreography for um, uh, the two Adamas, father and son. And I, I kind of uh, choreograph- uh, did the choreography for that. And so I basically got to know people from, from that and then got hired um, because of you know, they asked me to come in for a role and got hired as Sergeant Fisher. And um, every, I, mo- I, I'm still friends with most of that cast. Like, it's just been such a tight-knit family. And um, Michael Trucco... Was um, I, I worked with him, you know, uh, probably like almost fifteen years ago on something, and we became tight friends. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he jumps on Battlestar, and is friends with most of my friends. So it's just, it was just a great community of friendships on on uh, Battlestar that go on goes on today.
1: Yeah, I saw. Um, I think I was reading a, a transcript of a commentary for Unfinished Business, and Tomo said that uh, you're one of the very few people that got to uh, punch him in the face or something. Like that.
2: Yeah, and got yeah, away yeah. With it. <laughs> it was one of my finest moments, punching, punching my best friend. <laughs>
1: yeah, we can't all say that.
2: And, and when I would do it, when I, I remember when we were doing it and I, I did it. And he looked at me because I did it on purpose. I did a little harder than I should. It's the way guys are. Yeah. And then he looked at me and I was like, you can't hit me back. We're on set. We're working.
1: You can't hit me back. <laughs>
2: he hated that.
1: It's so funny because um on my other podcast for uh it's called Defenders the Defenders Podcast and uh we talk about the Daredevil show. And we just had an interview with John Patrick Hayden, uh, who plays Jack Murdoch. Have you watched Daredevil at all?
2: Yes, yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah, um, and maybe maybe uh maybe somehow through through me we can uh set up a uh, big title fight between uh <laughs> between you and uh John Patrick Hayden because he's in the boxing. As I well. mean- I'm in yeah
2: give me give me a few months to train uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: like all basically all all the uh sci fi uh and comic book nerds would show up for this fight, it'd be amazing. <laughs> 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 That's
0: so not just being and not just being a boxer but being athletic has that led to a lot of roles
2: oh well, de- definitely i mean i'm i'm six foot five so for me wow. um a big a big part of it is just the the physical aspect of it so to be uh uh, prepared for you know uh, throwing some fisticuffs was always um, I was lucky enough to have that in my back pocket growing up as a boxer so yeah it, de- it definitely helps getting rolls I mean even be- being six foot five de- definitely enders getting rolls but it, it's a it's you know it's just the way it is and um, I've been really fortunate getting some very meaty um, roles lately that I've been really proud of
0: yeah why is everybody on television small. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: You don't think I've said that? I've asked that question thousands of times. I'm am on your side with that.
1: <laughs> it's funny. There was a there was a a, a photo of a, a bunch of the people from iZombie Zombie going bowling, and they went bowling with Percy Daggs the Third, and I could not believe how how short that guy is. It's uh... yeah,
2: no, <laughs> hilarious.
0: Because Rose know, I, Rose seems here. like she's like less than five foot tall. She seems so tiny.
2: Well, everyone next to me feels tiny, so it's <laughs> all yeah. perspective.
1: <laughs> um, well, let's talk about Julian and his story so far. So he shows up first at the end of episode four, Live and Let Clive, um, and Blaine has just murdered uh, a couple of his henchmen, these, these gym guys that are into working out, but they want to set up some uh, new business. And uh, I'm, you think I'm, I'm wondering if maybe they went to the same gym as you. Do, do, do you know anything about that?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's basically what um, uh, what it was because Blaine had, um, you know his background was selling drugs. Yeah. So you know when you go into a gym, there's uh, I guess that um, insinuation that that's where a lot of the, the, the drug stuff happens, mm-hmm. the, the harder stuff. Um, so I, I, I presumed it was that, and that, you know, we were working for him at one time and then came over to the other side. Now that we're zombies and he's still working for us.
1: <laughs> and, uh, uh, Julian is actually thawed out and it, it seemed like the way Blaine was talking was as if Julian had maybe betrayed him in the past and was frozen as punishment. I don't know if there's anything you could tell about that, or maybe is that something that's going to be explained later? Um, honestly,
2: I uh, that's that's basically what I came out with too. Mm-hmm. Is that you know I obviously uh, you know there was something that I did and you know I better not do it again. And and for me, it's one of – for Julian. It's it's one of those things. It's like yeah, I don't want to go back in there. So whatever you say, boss. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's so confusing. I'm trying to, you know, and, and obviously don't, you don't have to explain anything that hasn't already been explained to us. But just to talk it through with uh, somebody who's involved with this, like, does Blaine shoot people and put them in the freezer? Or do you think Blaine even shot Julian at all? Did he just kind of push him in the freezer? And he just went into, I don't know, suspended animation? He was like hung up on a hook.
2: I, I don't. I don't think he shot Julian. I, I, yeah. I, I, honestly, that's that's uh, that's uh, that's one to figure out. Yeah. That's one to figure out. We
1: were. We, I've been joking on the show about how like, uh, are zombies able to kind of walk around in the winter time at all, or do they just kind of stop in their tracks if it gets too cold out?
2: That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> do you imagine? I think that was. I think that the freezer is a little bit colder than what winter would be. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean just just the aspect of him putting um his thugs on ice <laughs> until he needs them is quite funny to me. Literally. Literally.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's funny because Julian has been, uh, known as the candy man, um, because of his reputation around the skate park, but isn't really Blaine the candy man. I mean, he, uh, he was the one that kidnapped Jerome and maybe, maybe Julian has taken up that moniker now and does all the dirty work.
2: Yeah, I, that's exactly what it was. Like he, he's, um, Julian's the, 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 thug. He gets the business done for, for Blaine. And I, I think in the beginning Blaine uh, basically, had to kind of do it himself until business started going well, and he just keeps out of the public eye. Mm-hmm. About the Candyman, kind of luring everyone in, but in actuality, yeah, absolutely blames the Candyman, mm-hmm. but uh, the public and obviously Major, it's uh, it's it's Julian.
1: So, uh, can you can you talk at all about that whole process of? Uh I mean, you looked pretty much freezer burnt, and uh, you were you wearing like a wig, a white wig, or was your hair dyed for that day? Or no,
2: it was uh, it was a white wig, yeah. and um, the makeup uh, the girl that did the makeup, her name's Amber, who who's absolutely fantastic. But it was a good two and a half hours in that chair to get iced over, so it was uh, pretty intense, and it was really. An interesting time of so it'll take two and a half hours to get iced up. Getting it off what wasn't wasn't cool at all. And there was one day we had to get all iced up and then go back to the normal Julian look and then go back to the ice look (laughs) in a matter of like five hours. And it was it was
1: crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so your character kind of steps it up a bit in, uh, episode five flight of the living dead and we get, uh, a, what we like to call a major ass kicking in the the skate park. Yeah. (laughs) Can you tell us anything about like filming this whole scene?
2: Yeah, that was fun. That was actually, that was actually my first day on set. That was the first thing that I shot. Wow. And, um, and it was, it was interesting because, you know, it's always it's always tricky when you know you're doing a little bit of a fight scene with somebody that you just met and um uh, Robert Buckley is just uh, next level he's a next level dude so when we did the when we started practicing the little fight scene um, he knew exactly what he was doing and I come from a like a fighter's background so it's always leery for me about how someone punches or if they can pull the punch. And he was right on point and, and And he's just one of the nicest, most generous people that um, I, I've met in a long time. So I was uh, thrilled that that was my first day.
1: And it's such a humiliating fight for him.
2: It is, totally.
1: <laughs> I had a blast. <laughs> I mean, you you, uh, you know, Julian calls him a bitch and yeah. <laughs> knocks him around. He does get a couple of good looks. He gets a uh, – maybe not many people remember it, but, uh, you know – Uh, Major gets a like a flying knee to your face at one
2: point. Exactly, he (laughs) he actually drops me. Yeah, I wasn't happy about that.
0: No. (laughs) So was that like wire work? Was he on a wire?
2: Was he when I tossed him?
0: Uh huh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. Actually, no. That was all me. Oh, oh. nice. <laughs> no, we knew it. It was. It was. It was wire work. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was quite a toss. But that's when. That's when I go go zombie.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
2: when I have that strength for it.
1: Now, did you have any sort of uh, coaching on what they wanted when wanted for you to act like when um you know you kind of uh, zombie out. Did um, you get that nice close up?
2: Yeah, they, they basically just said, you know, it's uh, however you want to do it, but it's uh, you're raging right now. This is like this is not something that you've ever gone to this point of a rage. So it's it's just picked up a little bit, and uh, and I did did the best I could with it. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh no, it was great. <laughs> Awesome. Um the next time next time we see Julian is in Maternity Live and it's outside the Tan Gentle, uh, which is probably my favorite name for a tanning salon. <laughs> and um,
2: when I when I read that I died.
1: It was <laughs> awesome. I, I'm just a huge fan of puns, so anytime this show just delights me all, every every week. Um so we find out that uh Julian, I mean Julian is named after um David Anders is like the famous villain Julian Sark on Alias, um, but we learned his full name is Dupont. I mean, is there any yeah. reason why? Do you know why Julian maybe got that surname?
2: I, I honestly, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like no. a you know big know. manufacturer or whatever. So,
2: right.
1: <laughs> I don't know if they were trying to say something, but um, this is a great scene as well. Uh, we actually got some. Uh, you know, you got you got this conversation with these officers, and uh, about how this is like a calf sprain. But yeah, I mean, on top of it all, just that wink <laughs> <laughs> was hilarious.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, I we again Buckley is one of the the coolest guys, so we just had such a blast doing variations of that scene. And um, yeah, we we had a good one.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, and in Patriot brains. Um, I mean, as scary as Julian is, we we know that he's also pretty scared of Blaine because he's arguing with this concierge about double parking.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, actually, I had a fun I had a fun one uh, with that because again, we we play around with it a little bit, and we you know, obviously I don't want to play around with with uh, the words in the script because mm-hmm. those guys are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like getting the script and having a sit down and literally laughing your, your head <laughs> off. <laughs> And it's honestly, it is rare. It's so rare, and th- these guys do a phenomenal job of the writing team. And so, you know, we get we get to play around with just a little bit of it, but it, it's it's exactly the same words. But but just hearing it and, and just you know <laughs> the effect of uh, how Blaine scares the shit out of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like I don't want to argue with them. I'd rather yeah. argue with you than argue with them, uh, Mr. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, and Julian actually gets a gets a partner in this this episode, um, Luda. And I, I kind of get I get the impression that Julian's at least smarter than this guy. I mean, this guy is an idiot.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and uh, uh, Daryl Kwan plays Luda, and yeah. he's he was hilarious in, <laughs> in, in, in the stuff, and and it, it was it was fun. Uh, playing around with that and um, yeah Ju- Julian's Julian's not that bright but he's not that dumb
1: right so he,
2: he gets it especially knowing that you know he's not gonna he, he's not that dumb to screw over screw over blaine and kind of try to do things himself he, he knows he, he knows which hand feeds him
1: yeah he doesn't want to get frozen again
2: <laughs> exactly and I don't think like Blaine is I I mean the way I kind of had the idea for Julian and and really wanted to mold him was was that he's he's comfortable following, yeah. uh, and, and he has no desire to to go outside on his own because he knows he knows that Blaine basically has him has him um, like his right hand man. So with I kind of wanted Julian to be like I, I I I actually love this life more than I love my human life. <laughs> And yep. and the, the, the human life had more responsibility This, getting brains and eating brains That's it
1: <laughs> I know, I, I, I even wrote down in my notes like, It seems like Julian's just having a good time He's packaging brains And listening to Bob Seger uh, Hitting the gym <laughs> Hit This <gym>. yeah. <laughs> um, than you is want
2: <laughs> this, this is it There's no rent to pay yeah. This is all awesome Yeah
1: <laughs> Um, and then we get this. Uh, I mean, oh man, you know when you show up uh, at Major's apartment, it's, right. oh, it's oh, scarier man. than hell. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah, the power. This out is so the- sad. It's such a sad storyline here.
1: Just that hammer sitting on the table. It's like, oh crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, and that that, that, was the, that was the peak for me. It was For Julian, it was literally, um, it's got to end here. This guy, I'm done with him. Mm-hmm. I'm done hearing about him. This has got to end. So it was a really interesting, um, like, uh, and there wasn't, I, I, Julian never thought it was going to be a problem. Mm. You know, like, he just thought he was just going to take care of it, have some fun while taking care of it, and go back, and go back to the meet queue. But obviously, it didn't turn out that way.
1: Yeah, break a few fingers, you know, yeah. mock him some more. <laughs>
2: Smash your hand, hand Francisco. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you, uh, were you the one that threw the hammer that, uh, took out that mirror or was that more of a, a, a stunt? Yeah. Yeah, that was you. Yeah, that was me. Oh,
2: nice. <laughs> yeah. We had, uh, we had it timed with, uh, a, a little, uh, almost like a little, uh, set up explosion from the back of the mirror. Right. So they one of the props or uh, the, the, um, effects guys just timed it perfectly so when it kind of when the when the hammer goes flying and it lands just so it shattered everything mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe just getting a little bit of it you know
1: Right. Oh, that must have been kind of a, a dangerous uh, stunt for uh, Robert Buckley. I mean, I can't imagine some of that glass flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was close to
2: it, but it, the the best thing about um, this crew is there's nothing but safety in in the minds of everyone. So even though it looked dangerous, the the way the glass is supposed to, uh, the glass is supposed to shatter and and it not, not actually being um, real glass, so it worked out. It worked out
1: great. Mm-hmm. And you get shot a few times. Do, yeah. do zombies heal, or do they just kind of... Uh, I don't know. No, we,
2: we heal up. We
1: heal up quick. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, this week, um, we get the uh, confirmation that Julian is okay, and Major is going crazy.
2: <laughs> right. Right. Just so you guys know, there is a fantastic line that Robert Buckley says in the next episode that I could not stop laughing <laughs> So oh, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to know which one it is. It's classic.
1: So, uh, oh, can't wait. Does he get uh does he get revenge on your calling him a blonde pretty boy? That looks like he stepped out of a Nicholas Sparks book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a great line?
2: Another thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that was great.
1: Yeah. And it's great that, uh, you know, Julian really kind of fl- flips the script here. He's, uh, he's, Convincing Clive that no, actually, Major is uh, Major's a stalker. He broke into his car, you know, so he had a little uh, delicacy. No big deal.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. I, 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 and and again, it, we, it just kind of reverts back to the fact that he's he's a little bit more brighter than the other guys. Yeah. So for for him to. Uh, think on his feet like that which was um which was a really fun scene with me and that was my first scene with malcolm who i i adore like that whole cast you guys yeah i I really hope a lot of people get to meet them raul and rose they they are one of the best casts as obviously they do fantastic work um but as people my god you guys yeah i can't wait for people to meet them they're fantastic (laughs)
1: Well, we've had Raul on before. uh, And and Rose kind of tweeted to us and said, you know, she might be up for it. So really hoping, um, we're really hoping to get like everybody from the show on here, quite honestly. Yeah, isn't Raul great? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I completely just, uh, I just nerded out with him as soon as he came. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's great. He's so great. We have such a good time.
1: All right. Well, uh we're about to lose you Alex. So, uh let's get into some feedback um some of your uh some of your fans have written in. Uh, let's start with Kim. This is probably the strangest one. Uh, <laughs> I believe uh sh- you know from the Twitter handles is what is what is the cuddle puddle nation all about, Alex? Uh, <laughs> can you tell me about this? <laughs>
2: Okay, listen. <laughs> these guys, these beautiful women, yeah. uh, are they're they're fans, and I'm honored to have them as fans. And there was one time somebody tweeted something about you know um, it would be great to see Alex, and then somebody, a few other girls, jumped on. I go, wow, and I and I just mentioned that it would be an amazing cuddle puddle, and then <laughs> it went from there. It went from there. They built the nation. All
1: right. Well. You know, this is from Kim, and you know, answer only what you're comfortable with answering, Alex. <laughs> here, here we go. Okay. She says, oh, uh, number one: What size are your feet?
2: <laughs>
1: Hilarious.
2: <laughs> um, Fifteen.
1: And Whoa. is it true what they say about guys with big feet that your um, hands are also big?
2: My hands are are very big. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Okay, this is this is even weirder Number two, al- although you're built like a mountain I'd like to punch you in the face May I, and when And no, you can't punch me back
2: um, The next time I do a con okay. And you show up I will let you punch me in the face On the cheek And it can't be a wind-up
1: Alright, you heard, you heard it here first, Kim um-
0: Do you have any cons planned In the future?
2: I'm actually gonna go to my hometown of Winnipeg, Manitoba, and do a con there called C4. Ah, oh, I think okay. that's at the end of October. That's the that's the that's the only one I know that's booked in advance right
1: now. You got to get down to New York Comic Con. That's where I. That's where I'm gonna be showing up with. Uh... I
2: w- I would love to be at the New York Comic Con. You kidding me? That'd be great.
0: Um, I'll be at Dragon Con. Oh
2: yeah,
1: Steph's gonna be at Dragon Con. Um. Oh when? When that's in? Is that in August?
0: It's September. It's um, Memorial. No, this is Memorial Day, Labor Day, <laughs> Labor Day weekend. Oh, September.
2: that's great! And that would that that would be fun to go. Maybe I'll just. I know a few friends that are going. Maybe I'll pop in with them and just have a good time.
1: Yeah. Oh, all right. Yes, yeah, Steph, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be a part of something I Zombie related, right?
0: Yeah, we're gonna have a. I'm gonna be on a fan panel, so hopefully we can have a meetup. Oh, great!
1: Yeah. Um, Kim, can... no, that's great. Yeah. Kim continues. She says, Will you come to Montreal so I can punch you in the face, please? Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> she's, is- she, she's relentless, that one. I, uh- she's relentless. <laughs> she's like that on Twitter, too. <laughs> She's relentless, and we'll she see how the first punch in the face goes.
1: <laughs> go <to> my <laughs> <off>. <laughs> and she finishes up, says, "Yeti, I think you're awesome. We fangirls need to see more of you, Oxo, uh, Miss Kim. So there's that.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, and and that and and the the Yeti thing has been uh, an ongoing thing that my. Um, old roommate gave me just (laughs) called me a yeti one day and i just started laughing and then it just stuck and then i said it once on twitter and cuddle puddle nation went for it (laughs) well
1: i have you know i have a lot of tall friends and it always seems that it's you know it's a typical yeti or wookiee or yeah you know any of that stuff
2: yeah we we wear it with pride man
1: oh that's good
0: (laughs) well yeah especially from being from winnipeg
2: exactly exactly
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, this is from... Well, this doesn't actually have a signature, but he sent it from his LG, or she. uh, (laughs) says here, are we going to see more of Julian in Season 2? That might be a spoiler. (laughs) So you don't have to answer that. We will see. We will see. (laughs) Enough said. Number two, can zombies be vegetarians? If a vegetarian turned into the undead, how would he adapt to a zombie lifestyle? (laughs) Oh my god, that's so great. Oh my god. Uh, I'll answer this. Uh, They'll eat heads of lettuce.
2: Yeah, I think that's brilliant. They will eat heads of lettuce. (laughs) You are brilliant, my friend. Thanks.
1: Uh, And three, Blaine makes fun of Julian's taste in music. Bob Seger. Will Julian get to eat a musician's brain and get to play some rock music? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to eat Gene Simmons' brain. Hey, there
1: you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> Allison has quite a long email. We'll probably read the rest of it later, but she starts off by saying, Hello, Team Z, and welcome, Alex Ponovic. Thank you so much for playing a mean old zombie henchman for our enjoyment and hopefully some spiritual fulfillment. Do you have to dye your hair for the role? What did you think of the zombie makeup you had at first?
2: Yeah, we we uh I got I actually uh, did not dye my hair for it and um and the makeup took quite a long time like I was saying earlier, but right. I did dye my hair for it. A, a film called vendetta and i uh, was more than happy to dye my hair for, for i zombie but because we were going to the other stage where the zombies to to walk around in real life had to dye their hair and get a tan so they can be amongst the population i thought that was a hilarious bit <laughs> yeah. in there um and um uh, yeah i thought that was brilliant but yeah so no i did not have to dye my hair
1: yeah it's funny because uh you know as soon as they showed that um you know, zombies could dye their hair. They could tan themselves. Uh, it, it blew it right open. We were immediately like, "Oh my god, anybody can be a zombie!" So,
0: yeah, I'm like scrutinizing everybody's makeup and hair <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Now.
2: Yeah, I, I I love the idea of of having um like uh like the the astronaut brains idea, right? It's like mm-hmm. I want to get visions of amazing things, not some street kids now. Um I just thought that was just just a great idea where they're going to, you know, hopefully take this, which is great.
1: If you had to uh, eat a brain of your choice to get a vision of something, did what what, what do you think uh what do you think you what, what brain would you eat? Um <laughs> Ron <I'm> Jeremy. Not said. Not said. Alright, well thank you very much Alex Ponovic for being here with us on the iZombie podcast Um, Is there anything you wanted to shout out to fans before you took off?
2: I just want to say thanks for supporting the show and and, and supporting um, everyone a part of the show and uh, and especially you two you guys tweet all the time during the show (laughs) and really really kind of reach out to more and more fans and and I just really appreciate it looking forward to talking to you guys again
1: Well cool, yeah we'd love to have you on again Alex, so um, Great. Uh, Well, we'll let you get off to uh, your uh, other engagement, and uh, we'll continue on with the show. Thanks a lot for being on.
2: Thanks so much, you guys. Have a great one. All right.
0: Good night, Alex. Good night. Thank you. Good
2: night.
1: Bye. All right. Well, that was great. Uh, It was great to have Alex on, and uh, let's talk about the rest of the show. Mr. Berserk. Um, otherwise known as Mr. Berserk, Max Rager Berserk, maybe. Um, oh, <laughs> directed. Go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, oh. So uh-huh. okay, we're okay. Are we saying that when they go berserk, that they're going zombie berserk, or they're just going berserk?
1: I don't know. <laughs> it seems that they're just going berserk. Because the kid that gets put in the insane asylum isn't a zombie. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that. We gotta. I gotta. I gotta talk through this case with you. Some, yeah. This week, <laughs> uh, written by uh, Dear Jamangan and uh, Graham Norris, and directed by Jason Bloom. I also found out that the alternative titles that failed uh, for this episode were "Dying Under the Influence," "No Blainer." <laughs> <laughs> M.E. and Mr. Jones, and story on page six feet under. (laughs) (laughs) And that's cute. I like that. So, all the people there were trying to keep hope alive... Even though uh, uh, Robert Foreman wrote us and reassured us, if reassuring that somebody is dead is actually reassuring, uh, reassured us that Lowell was actually dead. We did get to see Lowell die again and again. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning, both on the previously odd, and then all of a sudden Liv had the dream. So, yeah, he's and, – and his body's in the morgue. Yeah. Sadness.
0: Yeah, and she finally – at that point, she finally grieves. For
1: him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She has quite the cry at the end. She puts it off. Um, And I wasn't even thinking about, about this, but you know, I was surprised to see that Liv was taken in by the police. Um, But it it makes sense. I mean, if she's there with this person that just got shot, obviously she'd be a suspect.
0: Yeah. That was serious. They Mm -hmm. were seriously looking at her, but of course it, they immediately dismissed her. Because they decided well, that it was a
1: suicide. Yeah. Well, when you got a when you got Suzuki, um, who is working for Blaine, <laughs> who is the actual murderer, on the side, <laughs> on that side, uh, yeah. Um, I was also kind of sad to see how Robbie discovers that uh, Lowell dies. He, he actually gets the body in the morgue, and it's it's great because uh, it's as if they warned us of this uh, a couple weeks ago. I immediately drew a parallel to the fact that Major got his ass handed to him as we were talking about with Alex, and we were wondering if he was dead at the end of the episode. And then uh, we saw a body being wheeled in while Ravi and Liv were talking at the end of the episode, and then Liv was talking with Lowell, I believe. And um, yeah, we were all wondering, oh my god, is that is that Major in that body back um, and then they of course teased us at the beginning of the next Week's episode but uh, I thought it was an interesting parallel because You know in this, this week uh, The body that comes in was actually um, Lowell Was actually somebody that lived new So
0: yeah I just could yeah. Think about was uh, that's got to be A terrible Moment opening up the body bag To see you. Yeah. Do, you don't know what you're Going to find in any body bag That comes in there mm-hmm. you have to brace Yourself I'm sure
1: So, Liv and Robbie have to make a hard decision this week. Should Lowell's death be ruled as a suicide? What do you think?
0: Oh, golly. Well, it just goes back to she didn't kill Blaine. She made a moral decision not to kill, and that led to so many problems. Right. And so now we have this that she has to deal with. And if she would have just killed Blaine, then she wouldn't have this at all.
1: It it does suck because there's at this moment, or at least where the law is concerned, there's no justice here. Lowell is going to be uh, buried. And all people are going to know about him was that he was just a rock star that uh, did some skydiving (laughs) and, um, you know, for a while, kind of uh, a reclusive guy and ended up killing himself. <laughs> and that's all people are gonna know about him. Of course, you know, nobody really shows up for Lowell. I didn't we didn't see any parents or friends or anything like that. It was really Liv and Robbie the only ones concerned about Lowell.
0: Yeah, well, you know, he's from Chelsea. Where's he from? London?
1: Yeah. London. Uh, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah.
0: So he's kind of newish in town. I figure. It's
1: where the soccer is played differently. Yeah. Or the football. Where they
0: kick the ball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> sports.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it seemed like the only people he really knew in town were the Max Rager people.
1: Yeah. And of course, the one that, you know, he was friends with was killed. And. Yeah no. Eliza went on the run And Carson I'm sure nobody wanted to be friends with him (laughs) Uh, Because he was a dick (laughs) Right? Yes Anyway (laughs) Um, So they actually This this also means that they're going to have to destroy the body um, So there's no sort of uh, chance of infection One way or another and uh, yeah, if there was justice, if Blaine was arrested for this, it would be just like I called it last week. You would have Blaine infecting an entire prison of zombies, and uh, then we'd have a zombie prison breakout.
0: Yeah. So no matter what, how you what you do, it's it's a mess.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost as, as if, like... There, Liv has no choice, really, but to but to kill this guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? I mean, there's no other... But
0: even if she does kill Blaine, there's still Suzuki.
1: Yeah. But if, I feel like Suzuki um, doesn't really want to be Blaine's uh, stooge. He doesn't feel right about this. At least from that scene we had with him and Blaine um, a couple weeks ago. Or was it last week?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um. So, Liv... Kind of puts off the grieving process and the decision and uh, escapes using another brain, a new case, and, uh, you know, gets the retreat to the bottom of a bottle. But, um, it's sad because like throughout this episode, we see, we see, I think it says L Tracy on the, on the drawer mm-hmm. where it's being held every once in a while. And it's like a little reminder, like, oh, we're going to have to deal with this pretty soon here we're Gonna have to deal with this decision. And, uh, and I, I didn't realize, um, but and, you know, at the end of the episode, Liv actually admits to Ravi what her part in the whole mess was. And she's just blaming herself, which is just sad.
0: Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. It's so, it it just, again, the, uh, the brain, the case of the week works really well with what's going on in the story because, you know, what would somebody like to do than escape with alcohol from this Uh terrible situation? And that's what she does through the whole episode.
1: Exactly. And, um, it was nice. We had a little, uh, we had a little uh, ravioli moment there when Ravi was there to hold her. They had some good scenes together this week. I really liked it. Um, but let's move on uh, off this course for a moment to uh, talk about Major. Um, Major is swearing to Ravi. What happened is true. And it's certain that Clive's going to turn up uh, Julian in a hospital. But uh, as we talked to Alex about, uh, yeah, Julian's just fine. Lifting weights. Um <laughs> I think I saw Alex saying on Twitter that he could lift three Malcolm Goodwins, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and then yeah.
0: Malcolm tells uh, Major he might need to check himself into a mental institution. How sad is that?
1: It was that was a really good scene though. Yeah, it really um, was. Cause you know you could be a real jerk about it, like like they got co- the, the I forget what his name, the cop that was interrogating Liv. Like having somebody like that telling Major, maybe you need to go check yourself into a mental hospital. Is it would be completely obnoxious, but the way Clive does it is it's it's true. I mean, and you you think that Clive really believes it at this point? He does not does not make sense to him why um, Major had three shells. On the floor, uh, and nobody, no blood, nothing, and he's swearing up and down that he shot somebody. It doesn't make any sense to him. To me, I was like, oh, "What? It, wouldn't it smell in there of like gunshot going off, gun being fired three times in a, in a bedroom?" I don't know. Maybe maybe the smell dissipates, but
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well we're that's that's why we're here folks we're gonna try that right now here we go <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: I know uh, <laughs> that there would be gunpowder residue on major mm-hmm. showing that he did discharge his firearm
1: right so it's almost like it's it's almost good that Clive didn't, like, maybe test him for that gunpowder residue. Yeah. Just to kind of – because then Major would be like, all right, well, this guy is firing a weapon. He swears he shot somebody. This is something that I – mean, it's not going to be a voluntary uh, committal at this point. It's going to be a – he's going to be locked up for something or not or other. It doesn't, that doesn't seem like uh, something they just kind of like let, let free or whatever. Yeah. He
0: would have it, checked into it more. He would have said, this doesn't yeah. make sense. I've got to uh, come up with a reasonable explanation for all this, but his explanation now at this point is something you're under a lot of stress. You need to get
1: yourself checked out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Robbie catches major uh, packing. <laughs> I love the, uh, you're leaving me. What's his name?
0: Oh yeah. the like double entendre <laughs> or
1: whatever. <laughs> uh, but it is sad because I mean, wow. Raul did a great job. Um, in this next scene where he's, you know, he's talking to Liv and he's like, listen, I know you're upset, but we really need to talk about this because our friend is about to check himself in. To a psychiatric hospital because of something we did, yeah. essentially because we're not telling him things, and uh, I don't know. At this point, do you think that do you think Liv and Ravi should really just tell Major? Already? I think
0: that, I think so. I think so because I think it's it's un, it's a uh, what's the word? It's it's going to happen. I yeah. can't think of the word.
1: It's inevitable. Inevitable. Yeah. It's
0: inevitable. Major is going, before the end of the season, he's going to know. He's going to know everything.
1: He's got to know. Yeah. yeah, totally. Do we even need to say we called that? Because <laughs> it's going to happen.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Because I don't know what is, what What I saw was the promo for next week and what I saw was in this episode. I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I just sat and kind of tried to think about, like, why isn't she telling him? And, and um, I mean, like I thought okay so she didn't tell Major initially because of what she became and and, you know it's kind of embarrassing it's kind of gross like I'm a zombie and I eat brains uh please uh you know, still be my friend. (laughs) Um, But now Major is kind of mixed up in her world. I mean, Blaine and Julian are kidnapping homeless kids that Major feels responsible for. He gets beaten. He gets tossed in jail. He buys a gun and now he's attacked at home. And just for asking questions, Um, you know, you, you kind of think yourself, man, he really needs to know at this point. And I almost think that Liv would have told him. And if it wasn't for the fact that Lowell was killed, I I think uh maybe she just thinks that it's safer that major thinks he's delusional cuz that will keep him out of trouble <laughs> cuz if he thinks oh my god there's zombies you know he might be more trigger happy maybe or more inclined to you know chase down Julian for some more
0: I don't know uh, the scene where he puts her he oh gosh when when he picks her up at the bar that Aww. I know that's oh <laughs>
1: <Aww>. major squeeze
0: <laughs> and he takes her home <laughs> puts her to bed oh that was such a great scene yeah. I think all she's thinking about is avoiding her pain right now she can't uh-huh. she can't think about
1: him but I was really thinking, like, I was really thinking that she was going to tell him at that point. Yeah. I, w- I was thinking she's going to say something and, you know, she's drunk. She might be a little bit more, you know, not as worried about not, not thinking as much. Um, and, uh, but she ends up just kind of passing out. <laughs> um, so Major does commit himself and we get to meet Scott E. <laughs> not Scotty. <laughs> Which uh, apparently is uh, named after a combination of Dear Mangan and Graham Norris's worst ex boyfriends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, hooray! I I, I don't want to keep I don't want to pat myself on the back or anything, but uh, a feedbacker did say that it's uh, it's really good that uh, you know what I said last week was somebody has to say the word zombie to major somebody, and then it's all going to start you know falling in yeah. place and uh here we go <laughs> yep. and uh seeing the preview for next week I'm I'm, I'm kind of psyched it's so funny how at the beginning of the series we're like wow this major character probably is not we're not going to have much use for him at all and I think I'm mostly excited for what major is going to you know what what chaos is he going to cause with this new information yeah. next week when he and heard I, the I'm, word I'm, I'm zombie
0: it was like a light bulb went off
1: yep <laughs> Oh, yeah, brains. Oh, uh, and that all makes <laughs> sense now. <laughs> uh, duh. <laughs> so that's that's a real thing. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the case now. This is such a. Like, I had to sit down and really just write this out. I, I was so confused by some of this stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I, w- I missed uh, a part in the beginning and was so confused.
1: Yeah. So,
0: so the reporter that we saw in the.
1: Co- maternity Live.
0: Yeah, uh, was working on this case. Was working on this um, story about uh-huh. these law students. This one kid had went berserk, and she was writing, Mister Richmond, Mister Mr. Richmond,
1: Mister Jackson, Jackson. Mister L W, and Mister Berserk
0: in her notes. And oh, that was such a cute little scene, a uh, little part where, uh, they go to the apartment building to talk to one of the law students and, <laughs> and Clive pulls out his pen and notebook and she pulls out her pen and notebook. <laughs> that
1: <was so> cute. <laughs> yes. Cause she is on the case. Yeah. And, uh, she's the total journalist. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I did have a, a kind of a slight quibble. I love when they bring characters back, especially if it's going to be like a murder victim, and if it's a character that's kind of like a one-off thing, like like bringing Marcy back. That was awesome. Um, and uh, we have Rebecca here from Maternity Live. The only problem I had was that she didn't seem intoxicated at all in that in that episode. Well,
0: but we never saw her in her off time. We only saw, we only saw her like twice. So she yeah, could have
1: she was at the press conference and then she was sitting with Major on the phone right mm-hmm. sitting Clive up i think that was it
0: yeah i was okay with that i bought it
1: yeah yeah um, but, uh, yeah, it looks like she was quite the reporter. I mean, she was on top of pretty much the entire show's, uh, cases. I mean, she was on top of the police corruption, um, with the homeless kids going missing. And why aren't the police looking into it? Why are they looking into, uh, white girls getting kidnapped and not into like, you know, homeless kids being, uh, taken away. Um, and now she's also on the case of, uh, Max Rager. Um,
0: yeah. And that's fascinating, not in real life, but you know, on television and in movies, uh, characters who are great at their job, but yeah. their personal life is totally screwed up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's as if the job is uh, you know the most important part, and uh, maybe that'll fix everything else. Yeah. So Rebecca is trying to get her hands on that memo that we heard about in Flight of the Living Dead, which was also written by Dear German And that memo, of course, was uh, the one that Carson got. And I assume that Carson still had it, but I guess maybe he deleted it after he told Eliza about it. And it was the one that said, one in a thousand people go crazy after drinking Max Rager.
0: Yeah, and in this world, the cloud doesn't exist.
1: Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Or Carson's too dumb to look in his trash. (laughs)
0: Because I get, you know how back... 10 15 years ago, riders were disappointed when cell phones came along. They're like, Oh, yes. this is going to mess things up. I guess when the <laughs> cloud came along, it uh, messed riders up. What are we going to do now? There's the cloud,
1: right? And we meet uh the head of Max Rager, and that is uh Von de Clark, played by Steven Weber. Of course, my uh, guest star. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's great because he was uh he played a Russian gangster on an episode of uh, party down. It was really funny. Um, so they got him back again and, Oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to pat myself on the back or anything, but man, I, I swear I tweeted out as soon as I saw him, I wrote Max Rager gives you wings <laughs> and tweeted it. And like no more than two seconds later, I zombie writers, uh, their account, uh, tweeted that as well. So I was like, ah, we've got the same brains. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, what was it? The, uh, the weird relaxation technique that he does with his secretary, Atel. It's just like, I don't know. I was waiting for her to, to finish off that technique by saying, and you're fired.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that was supposed to show us that, um, there wasn't any animosity between him and his secretary because yeah. she was the other she was the second um, informant, informant. I, well, I don't really know.
1: the first informant because this other guy is, wasn't actually an informant after all right. we'll talk about him in a minute uh, uh, but yeah um, we also see that uh, Vaughn was talking to a Max Rager associate in Italy um. So,
0: so is the you know, zombie outbreak? Is it all across the world? Is it-
1: I know. I'm wondering that too. I mean, this is these are little tiny crumbs they're throwing here, and I'm wondering if there's these are going to be like little, little yummy little crumbs that we're just going to gobble up, and <laughs> later on we're going to be like, yes, see, see, that's why, <laughs> that's why they put that there. And that's why I was thinking, like, okay, so they put the, – you know, it's the worldwide headquarters. He's talking to somebody in Italy, and then he does this weird relaxation technique with Adele, and I'm wondering if it's all kind of tied together or if it's all at least something we should take a note of. I don't know. Like, is that a way to t- that we calm down people on Max Rager? Is, I don't know. <laughs> Talk to them soothingly. Um, so, as it turns out, uh, Max Rager um, – Did cause uh, a fry cook to uh, throw boiling grease into a customer's face. Uh, A trucker, a nice trucker, mowed down a charity bike event (laughs) and was also uh, partially responsible for the Lake Washington Massacre. So now it's even more personal for Liv. And uh, she goes to confronts Vaughn because of that, but unfortunately, doesn't get very far. Yeah,
0: because there could have been other factors. were there alcohol was, yeah. was it a full moon? And then he did his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and he did a funny gesture. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, there was Utopium on that boat, too. So, again, it's the whole Utopian and Max Rager mix that we're playing with the rats. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, But, uh, yeah, we meet uh, the super nice and uh, (laughs) affable Sebastian Meyer this week. (laughs) Um, Who, uh, yeah... Um, it's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is played by uh, Matthew McCall, I believe. I wrote this down somewhere. Um, anyway, it's it's kind of a big uh, week for this guy because he's also in uh, Tomorrowland, uh, which is opening in theaters um this week. Oh wow! No, yeah, I'm not being paid by George Clooney for that.
0: See, <laughs> um, Canadian.
1: I'm assuming <laughs> Is that Canadianist Yes <laughs> um, um, So he introduces himself Another witty name here um, The fourth estate bar and grill um, And so I immediately thought Oh yeah just like that um, Julian Assange film <sighs> The fifth estate um, And then I uh, Do you know anything about this by the way What the, this whole estate thing is all about uh I looked it up.
0: Okay, um, good cuz no. And <laughs> I I guess I don't.
1: And I'm sorry for the people that are listening that might be like, uh yeah. <laughs> um I'm just going to tell stuff about this, so you you, should, you hush up. Um so there's uh a, there's things called estates of the realm that were um set up uh, back in the Middle Ages and there were only 3 at at the time. Um, the first estate was the clergy. Uh, the second estate was the nobility. And the third estate was the commoners. Um, and the fourth estate was established in the 1700s. And that is pretty much um, the newspapers, uh, journalists. So, and oh, then wow. we have the, then with the whole Julian Assange thing, the fifth estate is uh, like social media and blogging. And that was the most re- recent estate that was set up or whatever. They just kind of, it's uh, it's like a society thing. Uh, yeah. So this bar was neat because it's the fourth estate and the fourth estate is for, you know, journalists.
0: Ah, oh, <laughs> cute.
1: So, interesting um, to read about. Um, so he pretends to be uh, Rebecca's informant. Um, so Liv can help him track down the real informant, who turns out to be Adele, who uh, was actually blackmailing Max Rager because she had a copy of that memo. And both Liv and Adele get uh, taken by Sebastian outside Pilates class and brought to the boat called Fun Fun, (laughs) which uh, we're on Lake Washington again, and it's full circle. Um, And it's pretty cool because, you know, this is where Liv became a zombie. And, uh, was taught, you know, f- fell overboard and washed up on a beach as a zombie. And this is exactly what happens to Sebastian <laughs> as a result. So, well, see,
0: I thought that maybe he was already a zombie. Nope. Oh, okay. Cause you know, no. he,
1: he licked her blood. Exactly. And that's how he be- became <gasps> infected. Uh, Cause he's, he's a sketchy, uh, creepo. Uh, <laughs> I was going to call him a sketchy D-bag, but uh, that was the uh, Ryan Fish- Fisher character <laughs> this week. Uh, um, but yeah, and um, yeah, that, that was just kind of like a sick thing that he did. Um, if you remember Liv's vision of uh, Rebecca's last moments, she gets tossed down the stairs by a man in a mask. That man comes down the stairs and lays next to her and looks her in the eyes as he's taking her thumbprint. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, creepo. And yeah, he said something about, um, he's like, uh, you know, oh, I thought you were dead or, you know, you look very pale or whatever. (laughs) And he was, he, he really meant that, uh, he thought that he thought she was dead.
0: I guess he beat her so bad that she would have died if she was human.
1: I don't know. Yeah. He whacked her pretty hard with the brass knuckles in the parking garage and, uh, I don't know if he did anything else to her afterwards, but, uh, you know, she wakes up on that boat. It was a weird editing choice, by the way, towards the end. It was as if they were planning for a commercial break, that, but there wasn't one. Yeah. <laughs> did you notice like that?
0: she, like she passed out and then woke back up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I noticed that.
1: <laughs> but, uh, it looks like, uh, Adele is, uh, sleeping with the fishes as well as, uh, Eliza. It seems that Eliza, probably, this is what happened to her. Um... But, um, yeah, uh, Sebastian gets a uh, full-on zombie headbutt, (laughs) and uh, I love the uh, mother of dragons that hurt. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, she swings that cinder block to his face, knocks him into the water, and then he gets a a face full of propeller. Uh, (laughs) I guess the writers were calling him in the room propeller face, uh, according to some tweets. (laughs) But, um, yeah, this is a different kind of zombie. I mean, I don't know much about Blaine's or Julian's history, but I almost got the impression that they weren't that evil before they turned into a zombie. They might have been horrible people. I get the impression that Julian was a bully, a gym, tough guy, um, and Blade was, you know, a manipulator um, and kind of a jerk, a drug dealer. (laughs) drug dealer but sebastian he is a full on murdering psychopath yeah he's a
0: psychopath to start with what kind of zombie with. will he be yeah
1: and uh i I'm, i have a feeling we're going to we're going to see some more of him so um that was that was that was awesome and uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing this uh seeing this sebastian he's a he's a wild card he's I don't know if he's going to go back to Max Rager and tell them about zombies. Does Max Rager know about zombies? I it's all a mystery.
0: I don't know. I was thinking that maybe, uh, what's Stephen Weber's character's name?
1: Vaughn Duclark.
0: You know, I don't know. I don't, possibly he could be a zombie.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he looks like a guy who could get a good spray tan yeah. whenever he wants one. <laughs> yeah, <Exactly. laughs> Um, to wrap up this episode, I, I had some more random bits, um, here and you know, if there's anything that you were thinking of that we've missed, um, please add. Um, but, uh, the first thing I have here is, um, I love Liv's quotes. I just want to work like it's any other day, like it's Tuesday or whatever.
0: <laughs> or when that girl comes in, she says, Hey, prehab.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But the Tuesday line, it's, it reminded me of... It was like a total like Buffy shout-out. Oh. I mean, Dawn's in trouble, must be Not Tuesday be again. Tuesday, yeah. And it's just noting that's the day that the episode is, airs on. Yeah, so meta. Yeah, love it. Um, and yeah, I want to definitely focus on Clive. I mean, he has some really good bits here, trying to help Major... Um, have a little sniff of Liv's food.
0: Oh yeah, because almost every episode he comes in, he he, he sneaks up, he sneaks in on them. Yeah, and she's you know surprised. Yeah. when he comes in. So yeah, every episode they to have
1: like a like a buzz in kind of thing. Yeah, you know.
0: Oh yeah, Even, because they they haven't got their security fixed,
1: or have they? And he can just get in there with his ID. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote down zombies for one year.
1: Zombies for one year. What does that mean? I
0: have no idea. There was (laughs) something maybe in her notes, in her –
1: Oh, in Rebecca's notes? In Rebecca's
0: notes, maybe. She
1: didn't write zombie down, though, right?
0: No, but this has been going on for a year.
1: Oh, okay. Like maybe the Max Rager stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know where we're at at the timeline. I mean, at the beginning of the uh, season, it was five months after Liv, after the Lake Washington Massacre. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe this is a few months more.
1: Um, yeah, and just Clyde's uh, relationship with Liv, like, standing outside of interrogation when she's being questioned, um, telling her listen, we have a theory. Don't go in all half cocks you know, even when crazy things are happening in our life, you know. So he's really just kind of feeling for Liv and what she's going through.
0: But uh, in his own kind of emotionally distant way. Yeah. Like, he's not getting too personal.
1: Right. But it's it's closer than he than he usually yeah. is.
0: Yeah. And, think. you know, yeah. back when we played, um, what was it, Date Dump or... Do
1: dump her date, yeah. <laughs>
0: and I said dump Clive. It's because he's intimidating. He's he's very intense, mm-hmm. and he's all business. And
1: so, are you saying you want to take it back?
0: No, I'm saying that's why I said <laughs> dump. Because <laughs> I've been thinking about this. Why would I want to Because du- you know, in his tight shirts. You know those muscles look really good, but oh. <laughs> but I would still have to dump Clive because he is too intense, he's too serious, he's too he's he's distant, he's not personable with Liv.
1: It sounds like Malcolm needs to have more shirtless scenes. Yes, what I'm getting from <laughs> stuff <Steph> here. Uh, <laughs> um. Oh yeah, uh, the the whole thing where she's ca- he's calling her on being drunk and kicking her off the case, and uh, she says she can't do that. You're not my boss. And Robbie's like, I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the line, of course, I'm the freaking murder wi- victim whisperer. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. She's so drunk, like she she like nearly reveals things to Major. She nearly reveals things to uh, Clive. Like it looked like she was about to be like, I'm a zombie. You know, whatever. <laughs> Her drunk act... Rose McIver, excellent job this week. Her drunk <laughs> acting was phenomenal. It wasn't like your typical... Just, you know, putting on a slur. But, like, just the facial tics. Uh, her movements. Um, chasing after Connie. That whole scene where she's doing shots at the bar. Um, and I love when she shows up at that Pilates workout with the sunglasses. And she's <laughs> all hungover. <laughs> Great stuff.
0: And she says... Uh, she... She never saw Peyton that whole week unless she was waking her up where she had passed out on the toilet or something.
1: (laughs) Right. We've all been there. Uh, (laughs) Wow. I think that's about it. We, our episode is going long this week. We have some feedback we have to get to though. Okay, So much feedback and it's awesome. Thank you everybody for writing in. Um, Dan wrote in and said, uh, Uh, Leave it to the wild-eyed mental patient to give Major the unvarnished truth that this city has a zombie problem. Too bad Major's friends are so much less forthcoming. Uh,
0: Well, they're trying to protect him.
1: They are. But yeah, I do feel bad for Major. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Allie, um, read the rest of your... Long email as fast as I can. <laughs> um, she says, Wow, what fallout from last episode! I'm really liking how this show deals with consequences. Like, how many supernatural stories have you watched or read that had a character question their sanity to the point of actually checking into a mental hospital? Poor Major. Yeah, definitely. But seriously, if this zombie stuff was real life, don't you think someone would do that? Someone would go, I must be crazy. I'm going to do something responsible about my craziness because in actuality, I'm not crazy, but I don't know that. Meanwhile, I was screaming at Ravi to tell him, tell him. And then he asked Liv if they could tell him and she won't. Geez, Ravi, why do you keep asking your permission for things? Aren't you the boss?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say the zombie would be the... Yeah. The boss in that situation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, it's super awesome that Ravi respects Liv that way. And all the hugs he gave her in this episode, they're such sweet Aww. friends. Yep, hashtag Ravioli. <laughs> uh, and then the other patient said the Z word, and now he's got major thinking. Just like you were hoping for, Robin. Uh, I also suspect that the patient was at the boat party and Major will talk to him again and finally connect the dots to live. Ooh, that's right. He does talk about like he was a part of some sort of zombie freak out. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get like a flashback from uh, Scott E.'s point of view of the Lake Washington Massacre. That'd be cool. Um, continuing on. Um, I didn't even think about what would happen after Lowell got killed by Blaine. I figured Blaine would cover it up, I guess. But no, Ravi and Liv have to, have to investigate it. Well, really just Ravi since Liv was a suspect at first. Also, now they pretty much know Lieutenant Suzuki is working for Blaine. When will they figure out that it's because Blaine turned, into a, turned him into a zombie? Yeah. And Max Rager. Holy crap, this plotline's is going to be fun, isn't it? I love Steven Weber. Ever since Wings. Can't wait to see more of him. And his lackey, what a creep. When he first came up to live at the bar, I questioned whether Liv should be so quick to trust him. He's a source. Isn't there anything you can do to vet him, girl? You're just going to take his word for it? He could be working for the man. Lo and behold, he was. And when he killed the real source and assumed he killed Liv... Um, too bad for him. She's already dead. (laughs) I knew the moment he licked her blood, he was going to end up as a zombie. I mean, even for a weirdo assassin, why would someone ever do that? What if she had a disease? Also, when he said, are you okay? You look a little pale or something like that. I figured he knew she was a zombie. Do you think Max Rager knows about the zombies? At least Vaughn has got to, right? Right? Yeah, I don't know, uh, Allie. <laughs> I, I was pondering that myself. I
0: don't know. I just think with getting Stephen Webber, I don't I don't know. Does casting does that tell anything? You
1: know. I don't know. Do you think he's gonna be back again, or do you think this was like a one off thing?
0: I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs>
1: All I know is I knew he was gonna be in this episode and I didn't hear anything about him being in any future episodes, which doesn't mean he's not going to be, because I don't have all the inside information. So Yeah. Wow, this email's getting long. So much happened this week, and I missed last week. Sorry about that. Peyton made an appearance on Lib's caller ID. You think <laughs> she and Robbie have gone out yet? Yes, I care about this stuff. Zombie rat doesn't do tricks. Rose is a cute, drunk actor. She's overly precious. Sorry, not sorry for all the caps lock. Your fan, fan, out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Robbie and Peyton have went out. I think we would know it.
1: Yeah, I think Robbie's been a little distracted. Yeah. But, like I said last week, I'm hoping that was the reason Robbie was away when Major was being attacked. Was that he was on a deal with Peyton, and we just haven't heard about it yet. Because, you know... How do you expect Ravi to be like? So I was. I went on a date with your best friend. I know you. Your your honey got killed that night. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah.
0: Well, I assumed that Ravi was at work because I think they work at night. They work
1: the night shift. Yeah. Um, Michael writes, "Hi, I Podcast. I'm really enjoying your show. It keeps me company on the bus ride home from work." I'm a little behind, but I'm just getting the chance to respond to your show for Patriot Brains, even though the next show is already aired. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to watch the most recent episode yet. Darn my kids, always keeping dad from his stories. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, buddy. Um Anyway, I wanted to respond to some of the theories regarding the synopsis for Season 2, stating Liv will be forced to make the ultimate sacrifice. My theory is that Ravi will come up with a cure, but for one reason or another, Liv will have to do something that makes it so the cure won't work on her in order to take down Blaine, the big bad, at the end. Hmm. This would justify unzombieing some of the others and not leaving a bunch of hungry zombies once their supplier Blaine is gone, yet will keep live undead for another season. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I've been thinking about that too. It's like, you know, Ravi starts talking about creating a cure, but like you just automatically assume by the nature of this story you don't want him to create the cure but maybe there's a, ways, a way for him to create the cure but it can only be used once i don't know
0: mm-hmm. or she has to choose between taking the cure and her friends keeping Ooh, her friends Maybe safe.
1: Ma- maybe major Robbie gets infected and she's got a she's got only one antidote
0: I don't know but it has something to do with eating a zombie's brain yeah <laughs> I just keep thinking about that.
1: That's my thoughts. Unfortunately, none of my friends watch the show. So you're my outlet for discussing and geeking out about the episodes. Thanks for doing what you do, Michael.
0: Oh, tell me about it. I know, Michael. I don't don't know what people watch on television, but they don't watch anything that I watch.
1: Yeah. Nothing worth talking about. I
0: know. C-S-I-C-I-S. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um And Facebook, if you want to join our Facebook group, uh, we have one on Facebook. And we had a little comment thread open. Um, let's see. Well, I just want to read what Ray wrote here and probably not get into the discussion here. But he says... I don't like how quickly Liv shot down the idea of telling Major about zombies. The fact that she would be so willing to let him both think he's crazy and get sent away to a mental institution rather than tell him seems so cold to me. It was one thing to keep him in the dark before... But now that he's in legitimate danger, almost killed by Julian, and being committed to a mental institution, I think those are good enough reasons to let him in on the secret. Her just dismissing Ravi when he suggested letting him in on the secret just really bugged me for some reason. It made me feel like Liv never truly loved Major in the first place. And if she's just willing to let him think he's crazy rather than tell him the truth. Um... Thanks for writing, Ray. Again, I just think it's it's the post-Major or post-Lowell being killed. She is looking to uh, protect her friends as best as she can. And Major is just on this investigating uh, thing constantly. He's bought this gun. He's getting himself into such danger. And she's already tried just being like, Well, you know, this this death of... um, Jerome is just getting to you, you might, you know, just, just drop it. you you're, you know, don't you think you're obsessing about this too much or anything? Um, yeah, I know it might be easier just to tell him, but I think, I think he just wants to keep him away from this whole zombie business before he gets himself killed. Yeah. And, uh, that's just putting him in an institution is, is safe. I guess, you know, these days they're not. Doing shock treatments or something like that
0: Right She doesn't worry Um, about them Yes they do Oh they do (laughs) Yes They're um, Yeah the doors are not labeled Correctly That's all I gotta say
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well that's very ominous Uh, Uh, Yeah Wow so Listen I can tell you some stories
0: Anyway go ahead (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'll tell you later. <laughs> oh, and uh Dare, our guest from last week, uh, wrote uh, just wrote me wrote in, So as you podcast, I was watching this week's episode So Good, So Good and that was her feedback. <laughs> All right, so I think we've gone on long enough. Uh, Extra special, extra-length episode, uh, thanks to Alex dropping by. Um, Stay tuned for After the Plugs to hear what's happening next time on iZombie. So, Steph, where can people find you on the web?
0: Uh, I'm at Steph Smith on Twitter. I'm doing potential cast. We're in season seven of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, (laughs) and as soon as that's over, we'll start up Redemption cast again.
1: Yes, Angel, the series. I've been catching up on uh, on potential cast and Buffy, and uh, yeah, that's season seven. It it, it's just I don't know. It's it's even better watching it again. I just I'm just loving it. Oh, I know. Um, My other podcast is Defenders Podcast, which is a podcast covering uh, Marvel's Netflix series, starting with Daredevil. We just did uh, uh, the episode Condemned. So if you watched up to that point and want to jump on and listen as a newbie just like me, um, feel free to jump on that. That's at DVMPE.com. Um, I also guested on a podcast called Hooplecast. It is a Deadwood intro cast. Um, They are part of the way through season one, and they're a nice group of folks. And I had a good time uh, chatting with them about the... uh, uh, Kristen Bell episode Suffer the Little Children which I won't spoil anything about what happens in that show but uh, it's not good <laughs> um, and uh, yeah the language is a bit more colorful than you'd get on this podcast simply because um, uh, it's not TV it's HBO so um, that's all my plugs except for follow me on Twitter at l Thank you for listening to the Season 1 episode of the Eye Zombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Our podcast logo is designed by Dee Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. We posted that link, as well as others, on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. There you'll find links to our Twitter and Facebook pages. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Podcast. Finally, send your feedback in to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. And remember, a mind is a terrible thing to taste.